0: Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi,
1: I'm Eric Engel with my wonderful wife, Jolene, with another episode of the Marriage Mentor. In this episode... Uh, We got contacted by a gal that talks about uh, drug addiction. So we'll get right into it and listen to what she has to say.
2: What do you do when your husband is suffering from a drug addiction and is in denial? Um, He says that he knows what he's doing on a daily basis because he doesn't think he uses every day and the drug addiction is prescription pills. Now, I, in the past, have intervened and included his family and his parents by sharing with them this addiction, and he was very upset that he decided to pull away from the family for about six months. Um, it was just a barely high by type thing and somewhat went to church, but now things have gotten a little better, and I thought there was some improvement, and um, starting at the beginning of the year, and just recently I found out that he relapsed and has been hiding things from me. Um, And I went and intervened once again to share with his family because I don't necessarily know what he's taking now. And so he found out because his mother decided to share with him that I'd gone over to disclose disclose this information. And now he is angry at me and feels betrayed that I um, went and tried to mess things up. So I don't know what to do. I just was wondering what to do because my husband has left the house now. And I am in prayer, but... What does a wife do in situations as this um, when you feel alone and you don't even have the support of his family?
0: Okay, well, let me address a few things. I think that this gal has made the right decision, so I hope you hear that. Regardless of your husband's choices, I think you followed the right path, and you need to be affirmed in that. You need to know that regardless of... Him throwing his pity party and turning around and blaming you for his sin. Um, that's his deal. He walked out. He was the one with shame. He was the one who is placing everything on you. So, girlfriend, hear me when I say, I believe that you took some very good God honoring paths. Unfortunately, he has not. So, here's some scriptures. Um, that I want to put in front of you because I know your heart is hurting. I know that you're looking at this situation thinking that maybe I didn't handle it right. Um but we're going to go back to what the Bible has to say and not what our emotions and feelings are expressing. Um and that is Matthew 18:15 to 17. Because I heard um this wife mention the man going to church, I'm going to preface this with the understanding that maybe he's a believer. Okay? okay? So if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Okay, well, in this case, that didn't happen. in the Bible goes on. It says um, in verse 16, but if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So then you brought in his family. There you, you brought in some help for this guy. You love the guy. You want the guy to break these addictions. And of course an addict is going to say, I have no addictions. That's, that's what they do. They have addictions and then they say, I have no problem with it. The next verse is Matthew 18, um, 17. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector, also known as an unbeliever. Okay. Now, You went back the second time to the parents, and unfortunately, the parents, maybe they don't know the scriptures, maybe they're not believers, but they intervened and turned him against you, okay? They didn't handle it right. The the mother probably coddled the son. You know, I don't know the situation there, but, you know, the last thing that a mother-in-law should be doing is turning her addicted son on his wife and then siding with him to where the wife was kind of like in the wrong in this. Typically, this wife followed what was correct. The next step is if he's a believer, then go to the church. Um, go to the church for that help, regardless of what your in-laws are doing. Now, I know this wife feels very alienated. I mean, her husband's left her. Um, the, the in-laws aren't necessarily supporting her in this, which I'm completely they're, disgusted by that.
1: They're just facilitating the problem. Yes,
0: they're enabling him to continue to sin, but let's assume that they're not believers. They don't know any different, okay? Let's give them, let's extend some grace there, okay? So then I'm going to go further to address the, the man being a potential believer. Okay. 2 Timothy 3, 2, through 5 says this. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure addictions rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's the part that most um, Christians get tripped up on. Okay. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. They're denying um, what the power that can happen in the life of a believer. Well, these are some strong words because at the end it says have nothing to do with such people. Okay. So here's my counsel to this wife. The man has left, okay? Let's go back to um, some other things of what the Bible has to say. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 15, I believe. If an unbeliever leaves, let him leave, okay? Strong, strong, strong words from the Bible. So if this man is not a believer and he's departed, then you let him depart, okay? If he says he's a believer and he's departed, then what are his grounds to do so? What, because the wife has tried to help him in his addiction and he... Cries foul and says, "I'm not addicted." If he's truly really not addicted, then he shouldn't be bothered by any of this.
1: Well, and, and one thing I want to address that I don't, I don't know that we have up to this point is that there has to be a common ground in marriage. There has to be an authority that they both agree on. They both live by. Now, obviously, in our marriage and the marriage that the marriages that we want to teach people about. The Bible is the authority. Right,
0: right. But the
1: Bible may not be his authority. Right.
0: Sounds like his addiction is his authority.
1: Right. But if, uh, for anyone who's addicted, they have to come to the point where they believe that there is a problem. If they don't believe there's a problem... There's nothing you can do you, for you them. You
0: can't. You can't do anything. So this wife is in, in this situation. And so I wanted to affirm her, and I wanted to tell her what the scriptures have to say. Because those two things will help her to be more grounded in this situation. Okay? So your guy has left. That's not your issue. He made that choice. Right. Okay? The Bible says if he leaves, let him leave. And my version is don't let the door hit him on the way out. Right. Okay?
1: Well, and even if he's a proclaimed believer, because a lot of people say, oh, I'm a Christian. Hey, We will know them by their fruit. So if they act as unbelievers, then they should be treated as unbelievers. Right, and
0: the scriptures say that. It says, go take all these issues and these offenses. There's a process. You confront, he doesn't listen. You confront then with two or three witnesses, he doesn't listen. Then you go to the church. This is where most wives won't do that. They won't do that. And, And I don't know if it's because they think, oh, I'm supposed to be a discreet wife because the scriptures say that. Okay, so they don't want to air out the dirty laundry, well, but in this case, you got to look at the full counsel of God. I'll tell
1: you what I think it is more. I think it's, you know, a wife, a lot of times, most times, is dependent on the husband to provide for the family, right. to provide for her, to take care of these things, and that's a very vulnerable place for her to say, hey, I might be on my own if right. I take these actions. She's fearful. She's and, fearful. Right. And so, a lot of wives, uh, they actually they actually decide to live in this type of environment rather than to set a standard and make it better. And I understand that, you know, right. there's, I'm not condemning her right, right. for that, but ultimately uh, there is a standard that, that her spiritual being and the being well-being of the family would be better served if that right. said. Right. And
0: there's, you know, she, again, she's fearful and she's got to take that step of faith of what do the scriptures have to say? Not what is my husband doing and how am I feeling in this? And because what we do is we start to play in our mind. We start to think, "Oh, well, if I do this, he's going to respond this way. If I make this decision, then I might be left with no income." Okay? And you can't live your life based on what's in your bank account and based on, um, okay, I have a husband, and so I'm going to make choices based on these things. You have to make your decisions based on what does the Word of God say.
1: Right, back to the authority. Right. What does God say? How does He tell you to live? Now, it might be hard to live it's the God. It's going to be God, very
0: difficult to live like that. But
1: there's no better place to be. There is
0: not, because you're in the center of the will of God. And even though sometimes being in the center of the will of God is very difficult for our flesh your spiritual well-being is is what is going to start to thrive in that process. And many times Christians have a hard time with that, you know, trying to um, decipher our feelings and our emotions and what's taking place and maybe the fearful of the future outcome as opposed to what does the Bible have to say. Okay, so this gal needs some practical how to She feels alone. Um, she probably feels completely betrayed by her in-laws so i can't help but think about when jesus was telling the disciples you know go into you know these different towns and and um, go in two by two and if you're not received dust off your feet i am constantly dusting off my feet in my own life because i'm not received because i'm going to live by what the word of god says not based on what my in-laws say not based on what my neighbors say or the church leaders or whatever it is i have to go back to what does the bible have to say and know that i have peace in doing what god has said to do in his words and you're going to have people who aren't going to like it and you're going to have people who aren't going to support you and that's where you're at today your number one concern is to make sure that you are setting yourself up to being under the umbrella of what the bible has to say for your life and your situation today and not whether or not your in-laws approve of what you're doing
1: right right
0: you know, it's not that. And you're not alone. I know you feel alone. I, I know you feel alone. You know, but the Bible talks about he'll never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews, Hebrews 11, I believe is that verse. Hey,
1: there's, there's a song that says you've never lived unless you live by faith or until you live by faith, which is such a true statement. Oh, yeah. And and it's a very hard statement. It, but, <laughs> but when you're in that place that you have to rely on the Lord... And you are resigned to that fact, okay, Lord? I'm going to rely on you. That's it. Right. Uh, you're all I got. Right.
0: And that, but that's your. That's all you need.
1: That's all you need. It's all
0: you need. But what's happening here is your faith muscles are going to be exercised. You could do, you could take two paths. You could take the path of bowing down to your your husband's sin, and and his addiction becomes the authority in which you live by,
1: which puts you in sin.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. By you saying, oh, come back in, honey, I'm sorry, you know, we'll do whatever it takes so you could continue to nurture your idol, because that's what it is. Right. Okay? Or you could say, I love you, I respect you, I want to help you get help. Okay? And when you're ready to do that, okay, and you have some accountability, then come on back home. Okay? But to nurture the sin, no. For you to go off then and try and um, make every you know relationship work because of this man's addiction no I I wouldn't I wouldn't do that because you're compromising you're compromising there and you're enabling there and I think that that is um, a slippery slope Um, my encouragement is to find your peace and rest in the Lord that's why I started off with I believe that the steps you've taken were the right steps okay but I, I got to go one step further with you. I'm, I'm going to bring you to Psalm 37, 37, 4 through 8. And it's delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So give your worry over to the Lord. Give your addicted husband over to the Lord. Give your unsupportive um, in-laws over to the Lord. Dust your feet off and be that woman who's going to commit her ways to the Lord and trust in him and, and then rest. You got to find your rest and your, your peace and your hope in Christ. That's where you're going to find it. You're not going to find it in an addicted hus- an addictive husband what you can do though is again obviously i'm all for restoration but the guy has to be he has to have repentance he has to be able to say yeah i screwed up can you help me and a wife has to be able to say i want to help you you know anytime a wife and a husband are separated because i get this question asked a lot whether it's addictions or whatever she asks me something and i think it's really interesting that she has this viewpoint when the husband leaves she says well, so how can I be a submissive wife to him? And I'm like, you're not. You're not supposed to be a submissive wife to a husband who has left. He has left his posts. Okay? Well,
1: and she submits to him as unto the Lord. Right. Okay. Not submit to his sin.
0: Right. Right. So what I try and do is say, okay, you got the wrong word there. I appreciate the heart. The right word is be respectful. Okay. You're not respecting his sin. But when you're still having to interact with him because there's probably kids and stuff and maybe you're trying to, you know, get him to come along and restore the relationship, you could be respectful in your dealings and how you speak. You could still be kind. Your tongue could still be respectful. But that doesn't mean that you're submitting underneath his authority because he has left the home. Okay. so I want I wanted that, you, you know, to be a little clear on that because that would probably be then the next question. What do I do now when he's gone? How do I still be that godly wife when he's gone? Okay, so I'm going to keep pointing you back to being that woman who follows God's path, you know, for your life because you're God's gal first, your husband's gal second. So those are my thoughts.
1: Those are great thoughts. I'm Eric Engel,
0: and I'm Jolene Engel at joleneengel.com.